Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, Seltzercast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. And we are here for part three of July Light. Um, you know, I almost forgot that that was the title of it until you just said that. I, I literally just got back from my good friend Ernest Calderon's place where at the end of recording the newest episode of Wabam, I plugged Z Canon because, of course, that's what I'm there to do other than pop Coronas and talk Fast 9. But... Um, <laughs> I when I plugged it, I was like, uh, "Summer of Twilight, uh, uh, Twilight Summer," or and then I was like, "No, wait, it's called July Light." Like I had to correct myself like, four <laughs> times because uh, yeah. I forgot what we fucking landed on. <laughs> yeah, and what you um, landed on. Literally, I had nothing to do with that. Also, like, can I just say, like, I don't think there's been an episode for the past like six months where you have not brought up Fast Nine at least once. And I'm not saying that in like a good or bad way. I'm just saying that as like an observation. Um, yeah, like I'm literally drinking game. Take a sippy of your Corona every time Adam mentions Fast Nine. I uh, I drank a Corona tonight. And uh, so I'm I'm fully ready. What if I uh, what if I pop Coronas with Charlie? Like I feel like that would be a good time. Like yeah, I feel like he'd be a good drinking buddy. I think he'd be like, nah, these are not made in the Pacific Northwest. No, I think he's an open-minded individual. He would uh, he could talk cars with Dom. He could. Uh, I'm not gonna do this. Never mind. Charlie's not- part of the family. <laughs> Charlie is part of the family. Think about it. Yeah. When Bella becomes a vampire, uh, spoiler alert. Um, who does he turn to? La Familia. Like, <laughs> literally, spoiler alert. Like, first of all, the movies are ten years old. Second, is there anybody listening to our July Light series, even if they haven't seen Twilight, that doesn't know that Bella is going to turn into a vampire? Just I don't know. Just for the one person out there, you know, who just you are. wondering. I know um, that um, friend of the pod, Deirdre, said that she was going to, like, watch along with us because she's never seen them all or, like, hasn't seen all of them in a while or something. But sorry for the spoiler, if that was a spoiler. Everyone else, like, what's your excuse? I'm sure Deirdre is cutting ties with us as we speak. Like, she heard yeah, that. And she unfortunately. Her... Yeah, I'm so sorry, my friend. Just ripped their um... AirPods out and <laughs> threw them in the garbage. Oh, Deirdre, he's about to spoil Breaking Dawn for... For you. Oh no, she has her AirPods and she can't hear us. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're at Eclipse, which uh, I don't know. This feels a lot like this feels like more like a part one than Breaking Dawn part one feels like one. Yeah, like, it, it feels a lot of like it feels like more of like a transitional. Not, I don't want to say like filler, but it definitely feels like I'll more of like a filler. transitional. Uh, <laughs> episode here being like yeah. okay like i just like i think new moon was specifically the one where it's like 
Edward or Jacob, Edward or Jacob. And then this one just drags it out for no fucking reason. Um, well, like, because the last one ended with the cliffhanger of, like, will you marry me? And then so like, yeah. with that cliffhanger, you're expected by the next film to have an answer. And yeah. I mean, yeah, you get the answer in this, but not until, like, the fucking end of the movie. Yeah. And, and it, like, you know, it's going to be yes, because she won't, like, stop, like, annoying him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. There's no suspense there, but at the same time, yeah. like, this movie, I think, I, I guess we're jumping right into it. Like, my yeah. big critique of this movie, um, it's easily my least favorite of the three that we've watched so far. And that's weird to me because in my memory as, like, a 13-year-old, I was like, oh, this is the best one, like, the best directed one. Um, I was wrong about that. <laughs> I don't think that this, I, I don't think this is even remotely as well-directed as New Moon or Twilight, um there's some cool action for sure i think there are some horror elements at play but um it's a little bit more frightening and the the gothic stuff works a little bit better here than it does in other movies but um i i think i really underestimated how good or like the direction was in the other two movies mm-hmm. in comparison to this um, yeah what you were pacing, saying about like yeah uh what you're saying about like the cliffhanger aspect um so i was on i was scared to the podcast um talking about this and they actually did like a series on eclipse um i mean on on uh, on twilight and i was on the eclipse episode and um jzt's mom who is referred to as the queen of halloween she was watching along with him and was like waiting for the wedding like every single movie and like did not understand why the wedding like wasn't happening and honestly after watching this again I'm like yeah she has a point like fucking move along like come on I know you just graduated high school but like yeah it's it's what we're here for we're here for the romance I don't care about like yeah heads breaking like porcelain i don't know i think that stuff's like kind of cool but like in spades like i the like i have no issue with like the action at the end because i think some of it's actually kind of well done Mm -hmm. it's just um when you draw out a movie for no other reason than to expand past four films into five films for the sake of profit yeah um, that's when it stops becoming fun and it becomes like a weird corporate thing and it's like i don't know like it's like this movie very much like you said you don't want to say filler earlier but i'll say it this movie feels like filler filler uh, feels like filler like mm-hmm. it feels very um because like I, I was joking last week about how like uh it feels very pr- like product it feels very mm-hmm. much like it's hitting all the notes you wanted to hit and it plays with the crowd it's like made by design that way this one same thing but like it's less fun yeah it does it's just it. like boring as fuck i there's some funny parts <laughs> I'll like, say there's, boring as fuck <laughs> there's some really like i think there's some i don't completely hate this one like i think there's some good stuff in it yeah it's just um easily the most boring because like last week with new moon as you could tell listening to that pod i was not bored i was fully engaged with that movie uh i was into it completely the the drama the stakes the soap opera of it all i was fully behind um and i wasn't like disengaged with this by any means it was just again you you grapple like with a lot of new moon and you go through like the emotions with bella but it really feels like this movie is like deliberately 
holding the questions in midair yeah. to just get you to the next movie. Um, yeah. I just, it, there's like no, out. like, there's no, like, character development. Nobody, like, goes anywhere or does anything. Everything is just, like, stagnant. And it just feels like they're, like, making up drama for the sake of drama. And the making up drama in question is being like, guess what? Edward and Jacob can read each other's thoughts now. And yeah. they're, like, they're like showing off and like making out with Bella in front of the other one just to be like annoying and to start fights that weren't I mean like the fights were there before but like just to like add drama that just like is unnecessary like you yeah. know it like yeah. it, it does remind you though that they're like in high school which I think is funny yeah um even though according to you they look 80 years old well, it's, I was going to say, it's funny because in this one, they go back to looking like high schoolers, I think, because I think they toned down on the makeup in this one, weirdly No, enough. they toned up on the makeup. I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't a blackout drunk for this one. The um, makeup is, like, insane in this one. Like, maybe didn't I bug can't me even enough. describe it. Like, especially, like, like they should have put, like, a soft filter or something, like, on them because when especially when it's like up close to like the vampires especially when they have like bruises on their face and stuff after the fight like mm-hmm. first of all it's like terrible bruise makeup and then second it's like terrible makeup the bruises are over terrible makeup like you can clearly see like the powder and stuff on their face like yeah the sure. makeup is like so heavy and then like i feel like they don't need to have like contacts like that like they don't need to have like the colored contacts like they look so bad and apologies to like the whatever makeup artist was on here like Mm -hmm. I know that like makeup artists are like awesome and stuff like that but like I apologize (laughs) I'm sure they're quaking right now just hearing you talk about yeah no I mean it's just I don't know like like it was amusing last week like I was fully engaged in like the soap opera of it all and mm-hmm. like and it's just like here I mean there's some really funny parts like I don't want to like dismiss it completely like I don't yeah, want it to yeah. make it completely invalid like I still like, want to have genu- a good time genuinely funny not even like making fun no like genuinely like good jokes like I think maybe the funniest line of the entire franchise so far is um when um what, what does Edward say? He's like, oh, I can smell him from a mile away. And then, like, Jacob's yeah. like, uh, you're not one to compare smells. Like, you don't want to start comparing smells, dude. Like, so Or when, when he, like, walks up and literally, like, my first thought was, like, Jacob's literally just standing in the middle of the road shirtless. And Edward's like, doesn't he own a shirt? <laughs> yeah, great scene. <laughs> and then great. Jacob just, like, stares at them while they kiss. Like, it's so funny. But then in the way, like, um when she like kisses edward and then she goes over to jacob's bike or whatever mm-hmm. and then they just like hugs her he's like hey it's okay beautiful you know like they, they hug and i'm like oh my fucking god this it's, is so and that's like honestly funny like no it's it's, it's really funny like in this I know like, I just said that it's like unnecessary drama but it, it's really funny because it's like you can just see how childish they are in those moments and you can see that that's like deliberate well, and I think it's those moments that, um, even though we were definitely heavily critiquing it earlier, like, those are the moments that you kind of come to see at this point mm-hmm. um, in the franchise. Like, I mean, yeah, you come for the drama and you come for, like, the action and the vampires and all that shit. But, like, you, you really, like, I think the heart of these movies is how childish they all are, how amateur, immature, like, the love triangle truly is at the end of the day like like yeah. i don't know how many more times 
Jacob has to be told, like, I'm not choosing you to get it through to him. Yeah. But he truly doesn't get, like, and it would be different if Bella was, like, gaslighting him or something, but, like, she's kind of not. Yeah. She's just, she doesn't want to, like, she lose She literally him punched him in the face. Which and she has, Yeah, she has <laughs> upfront told him so many times, like, I don't yeah. like you like that. And he just, like, persists. And he literally is like, I will straight up kill myself if you marry him. It's like, like, it's like, <laughs> I, in his like denim shorts and no shirt, like, yeah, always. No, wait, denim shorts. Um, can I get a Kevin Smith and Adam Sandler into the tribe? Because <laughs> I, <laughs> so are we saying like anyone that wears denim shorts? Uh, can we get a Larry the Cable Guy in here? Uh, I could imagine. Okay, speaking of southern people in uh, as in the oh, film, right? <laughs> let's get into it. Okay, wait, really quick. First, can we talk about like the good backstory that we got in this Rosalie's backstory? Yes, I forgot about that. Going Incredible. Yeah, it's it's really it's, great. It's really good, and I wish that we spent so much more time on Rosalie in this movie. Yeah. Because she deserves a lot more, like, delving into her character. And I can't remember, like, how it was in the book. Like, I'm sure she got, like, a whole chapter or something. But I think that that is, like, one of the most interesting parts of the movie. And I like how, like... Like, I feel like in the first one, when it was, like, a flashback kind of to, like, Edward being changed or whatever, it was it was just kind of, like, flashes of, like, sepia-toned, like, images and stuff. But I think it was really cool to actually have, like, period costumes and stuff. And, like, yeah. I like that she kind of, like, even though she was, like, obviously, like, traumatized and stuff, she kind of, like, laughed at herself at the end and was like, yeah, I was really dramatic about it. Like, because you yeah. could see that. Like, you could see that she's super over the top and, like, dramatic and stuff. And, of course, she, like, put on a wedding dress to go, like, get revenge on the men that hurt her and stuff like that. And, like, I wish that, like, like that, like, dumbass, like, I didn't read it, but, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, like, it had leaked, like, a long time ago like that Stephanie Meyer like released Twilight from Edward's point of view I wish she just like released like novellas about like the past of like all the Cullens or something like a spinoff almost like like um the spinoff on like Brie Tanner that came out around the time that this book did where it was like a short book and it was about like the young girl like the newborn vampire that like the Cullens like try and save oh okay yeah, there was, like, a spinoff, like, very short book about, like, her That's time, like, turning into a like vampire. Out of all the characters. Yeah. Um, okay. It was, like, yeah, it was, like, released, like, as, like, a like a bonus thing, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh. And she, like, had the book, like, on set and, like, had the girl, like, read it or something. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, one of the, um, one I would like to see is, uh, weirdly enough, Carlisle. Like, weirdly, mm-hmm. because I think it'd be interesting to like see his perspective of like getting each column like through the generations but also his like eternal struggle of like trying to be good like he's really the first one of the family that had to try to consciously be good like i feel like that could have been a um, yeah really interesting perspective and um yeah uh, this movie like i mean this franchise has actually done a pretty good job of like characterizing him and like you get to uh, i can't remember the guy who plays him but um he's he does a great job as carlisle yeah um yeah, that's that is one thing I like about this movie. Other than um, what we alluded to earlier, and we're going to get to yeah. it in a second. But, 
um, um, uh, you I get to know like, a lot more about them yeah. in this movie. I can imagine like a spinoff, not like a spinoff, like from Carla's perspective, like almost like a diary or something. Yes. Like with like like recounts of like meeting like the mom and I don't remember her name. Um, meeting like all of the kids and like having to like change all of them and like the states that he found them in and stuff and like um, how he even like I don't know yeah but um, yeah I think like a lot of franchises like do spinoffs in ways that like nobody wants Mm -hmm. like um, you would think that they would like turn immediately to fan service but I feel like a lot of times it just goes in like the opposite direction like I always think about like how all Harry Potter fans wanted was like the Marauders like Harry's parents when they were like younger with like Sirius Black and stuff and like they just did not engage with that in any way and they gave us like fucking Johnny Depp as Grindelwald like like, well uh, I I remember when Fantastic Beasts was coming out I was like excited because I thought okay like I don't really want like a prequel prequel to Harry Potter like I don't really mm -hmm. care so, like, when the first one was coming out, I'm like, oh, that's a good way to, like, do it in the past, but, like, have a spinoff of just about the magical creatures. Yeah. And then, like, once I saw the movie, and then, like, all the Grindelwald shit came in, I was like, oh, so we are doing the prequel shit, but you tricked me. <laughs> like, because I don't, I want a prequel, but not explaining, because, like, I don't need, like, that's the one thing about, like, the currentness of, like, pop culture is the need to explain everything or fill in all the gaps. Like, yeah. how is just, like, your own headcanon of things, right? Yeah. And... Well, I, I think the whole thing with the Marauders is that, like, they're just all such interesting characters. And... So that's the thing from, like, the, um, like, the group that Sirius Black was part of, and they talk about it in, like, Order of the Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Right, I'm not making okay. I just want to make sure it's on the The Marauders is like the map, and it was like created by them. And it's like Harry's dad, Sirius Black, um, the guy who was the Peter Pettigrew and Lupin. And it was like the four of them were like best friends or whatever. And then uh, they like bullied like uh, Snape, Mm -hmm. and then like Harry's dad, like Snape was like in love with like Harry's mom, and like it was like that it was like conflict like that but um yeah i i remember i just wanted to make sure i got it right okay yeah so i mean i haven't i mean i'm sure we'll do harry potter eventually on the pod i feel like i feel like as a not only me and you but like as a culture we need to like cool off from all the jk rowling discourse before we ever even Mm -hmm. that i mean i would be interested to do it one day maybe closer to like the 10th anniversary oh no wait this no it's like the 20th anniversary now what am i saying um jesus yeah that's crazy to think about because the first movie came out in 2001 it's 2021 right now like that's that's absolutely insane um but i don't know like that entire I, I don't I'm not getting into Harry Potter but this it, it's weird because like this one I would be interested to see a little more perspective um into the other characters only because like it's so much of it is filled up with like Bella and Edward and like yeah and that's good and all but there's also a lot of rich side characters that you never really get to know because of that and mm-hmm. um I don't know, because, like, Carlisle is, like, always, like, it's so interesting to me that, like, we focus on Belle and Edward, but, like, everyone else in every other scene they're in is 110% more interesting than either of them. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's so and we don't know anything about them. And yeah. I can't remember if in the last two movies, if they, like, reveal the backstories of, like, Alice and, like, Emmett and stuff. Um, and I hope they do, because, like... I can't remember. It'd be I kind really of can't. shitty if all we know about is, like, this, like, Confederate soldier that randomly is able to now know how to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the Confederate soldier thing. Like, let's get into that, because, like, I don't really get the point as to why that had to be i mean you could make the argument that like she wasn't like trying to like actually no i'm not gonna try to because i don't get it he literally like, I... could have just been a cowboy yeah he could exactly like it could have been like holes 2003 like, <laughs> yeah exactly Kate Harlow, like. yeah yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it gave that vibe. Like, it was just, like... like Yeah, but yeah. she went the extra mile to, like, make him a Confederate soldier, which I thought was... Because yeah, was... Kiro's teasing me last week. She's like, just wait till you see his backstory. And, like, for the life of me, I couldn't remember what happened. So when it popped up, when I was watching it, I texted her immediately. I'm like, oh, so Jasper's a Confederate, huh? Like... <laughs> yeah, he randomly becomes Southern. He just develops a Southern accent. So fucking funny. And he's like, I got battle scars. And then <laughs> literally, like, if you put it into context, he's training his family, like, yeah. to fight from his experience as a confederate like general or whatever <laughs> like that's yeah. how he learned how to like lead an army yeah no it, it's pretty it's pretty icky and like also because like they try to humanize it in a sense where it's like oh alice showed me how to be a better man but it's just like well that's that's not like it i don't know it isn't it doesn't really work like no element of that worked for me um mm-hmm. In fact, even that being said, like, I don't feel like you had to even include that flashback. Because, like, I feel like you could have just said, I had time in the army, period. Yeah. You would have been like, oh. Or, like, just say, I had a pass. Like, pull a, pull a Fast and Furious card, like, where they don't elaborate. They're just like, I had a pass before I met you guys. Like, uh, that's how they, like, justify ludicrous, like, being a master hacker by five or six, right? It's yeah. like, I had a past before you knew me, Toretto. Like, okay, cool. Like, I, I'm not going to know what it is, but you're going to tell me so you can justify what you're doing now? Cool. Like, same thing with Jasper. Like, just say, I had a past, and I can, I have these fights that I can, like, yeah. show you guys. Like, yeah. that's totally fine. And also, going to that, the whole, like, because the, the last movie really built up to the whole treaty and, like, the importance of the treaty. Mm-hmm. And this movie is all about breaking that treaty. And I have, like, brain rot, like, after all this shit. Because yeah. it's, like, it's so point. Like, I mean, I know the point. Well, the treaty is to, like, not go on each other's land, right? Yeah, but then they still have, like, none. But then they, like, ever form an alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jacob will literally just fucking show up at the high school, and I know he like goes to a different school. On the reservation, but it's like, yeah. wouldn't he be at that at his own school during that time? Like it's school hours. No, it's it's. Well, I'm pretty sure he's homeschooled, right? Because he lives on the reservation. He just, just no, he goes to a school on the reservation. Oh, so we just never see that school. Yeah, I was just kind of assuming he was implying that like he's homeschooled on the reservation, but okay. Like, like literally. I think Z canon and just like any teen movies or anything in general, and I don't know if it's because of like security has like increased at high schools like in our lifetime simply because of like many tragedies that have happened. But like 
people would literally just like show up to a high school and be like I gotta talk to you it's like don't you have better places or anywhere else to be (laughs) yeah because I remember (laughs) my high school had like iron gates like guarding yeah you had to like show show your ID and yeah if you went to student parking you had to show your student ID there were only two entrances and both had security guards like you you it was kind of impenetrable like I there were points where I forgot my ID at home and I had to like drive back to my apartment and get my ID. And then they didn't believe that I was a student. Like it's hard to get into a high school. Yeah. And, Meanwhile, this bitch yeah. is just like standing there shirtless, which I think he has a shirt on that scene, but he's like, I got to talk to you. And he's like soaking wet for some reason. He's always wet. He's like, always just like dripping. Like, which like, am I right ladies? But like, it's also <laughs> like, it's so it's so fucking funny though like he's always at a 10 and like like edward is either at he's completely monotone or at a 10 but jacob's always at a 10 like a hundred percent of the time he's at a 10 um another super funny scene in this movie is towards the end where they're camping in the mountains Mm -hmm. and um they have to like get jacob to like spoon bella Mm -hmm. to keep her warm uh, Jacob has his fucking titties out and <laughs> just <laughs> and he's just like breastfeeding Bella basically like, stop, just, like, man. stop. she's just like like skin to skin like laying against him like um it's just it's, it's like so seen in a deck the halls have you seen that no we've been over this before oh you, yeah okay. I'm to show it to you one day but yeah I'll show it to you for Christmas as a Christmas like, is that canon? Are we doing that this year? Yeah, we're gonna do it. We got that. It's like there are so many things that are wrong with that movie, and it came out so late in ratio to like how wrong it is. If I'm not mistaken, that movie came out in 2006, and that holiday season was like super packed because I remember, uh, in my book at least, I had like Flushed Away, Happy Feet, Santa Claus Three. Mm-hmm. Aragon, Charlotte's Web. Like, I saw all those other, like, I prioritized all those movies. Mm-hmm. Down at the Museum was a big one that year. Uh, and I just never saw Deck the Halls because there were like seven other movies. Yeah, it was just on TV movies. all the time. But yeah, um, there's a there's a moment um, where I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't spoil it. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. But let's Deck the Hall fans know what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So. I, this is one of those movies where every one of these problems would just be solved if they were just a throuple. Uh, yeah, although, like, but that's the thing, though. Like, it's not even, like, because, like, last week I said, like, they the, this movie makes a compelling case for, like, Team Jacob. And I, I stand by that. I think New Moon does a good job at, like, justifying mm-hmm. his existence in this love triangle. His existence in general, yeah. Yeah, Eclipse makes the case of like, how about we ruin that? Yeah, (laughs) no, like I think Edward doesn't quite. I I wouldn't say he fully sucks in this movie because there are moments where he's like very level-headed, and it's Mm -hmm. like okay, that's because like after like him and or her and Jacob kiss at the end, and he's just kind of like okay with it because he knows she still chooses him. Like I, that's why like those little moments are kind of like okay, I don't like hate. Edward but like there are moments where he's like super immature and it's like dude you're like 3,000 years old or however like yeah it's like, exactly stop like um also again let's go back to the um the abstinence stuff 
in this franchise because <laughs> the, like every fucking thing in this movie like every time they bring it up it is so awkward and i like where do you in because like what, what was that we're saying is like yeah i kind of have like old-fashioned values and i'm like i literally like, threw my hands in my face and i was like you're fucking kidding me like don't do this like he's like yeah you won't meet a lot of men with my values anymore and i'm like stop don't do this like it's so stupid like, yeah I, it's like i i get it because like i get where you're coming from but also like i feel like you have to put it into the context of like they are quote-unquote 17 years old or 18 18 she just turned 18 and he i i just hate the whole thing of him always being like like the whole thing of his character just like his whole purpose is being like i have to protect bella and watch out for her it's like weird and I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at with this, but yeah. Oh, like, like he's, he's a, like a savior trope when like mm-hmm. it, it really feels like he's throwing himself into that role even when there's like not an imminent danger. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's where like a lot of the criticism of his character comes from, like especially in recent years um, that he's literally just like overbearing and like Bella is like, she just like deserves happiness. And not to like pivot really quick to another scene but like the scene where she's like visiting her mom and he's like you need to go visit her because it might be like the last time that you ever see her is like so devastating because like again like the times that she's like with her mom and also with Jacob are like the only times that she's like happy and like laughing yeah (laughs) like especially though like even just like the lighting in the scenes with her mom is just like the only like I happy like happy time that she has in life well I think the the big thing is like when it comes to like all that like I'm at the point where like I I'm not fully against team Edward or anything but at the same point like why is she choosing this life like I don't fully get it I guess because it's like she has a pretty like in the first movie it's like it's all about teen angst and like Mm -hmm. uh, you're like very much feeding into like these toxic desires that like you yeah. know aren't really good for you but you're you're drawn to it and i think that movie plays super well in that regard um and same with new moon like it's very reactionary it's how you feel after a breakup and like, mm-hmm. like the first two movies really tap into like really true teenage issues in a way and i guess the third movie you know sense is like in vain with that where it's like yeah, sometimes teenage relationships are just fucking stupid, like, for no reason. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I guess, but that's even a stretch, I guess. Like, but, like, when I'm watching this, I'm just like, yeah, why are you wanting to be a vampire? Like, I don't yeah. really get it, I guess. Well, as she explains at the end, it's like, she's like, I'm not normal. Like, I'm literally just stumbling through life, literally. And it's like, she's just trying to find a place to fit in, but, like, she has friends, yeah, but like it's just, <laughs> I guess it would it wouldn't bother me as much if like like you said those scenes with her mom, yeah, weren't so sad. And it's like, and I get that you have to have that to like really show like the consequences of this choice that she's making because that's not yeah, as if the consequences of like constantly being in danger and like. Right. But the question is like to like kill all the time is not bad enough. 
I feel like the movie really tries to like go the extra mile and justify like, yeah, like there's consequences to her actions. There's consequences to like being with Edward and becoming a vampire mm-hmm. eventually. But I don't think it fully does the job at justifying why her decision is still valid. Like, I mean, yeah, I get that it's like her decision to make or whatever, but like, it doesn't feel like, because like it's trying to tell you like, oh, they're meant to be. It's like, really? Because mm-hmm. like, so far she's fallen in love with him as mm-hmm. a, like a 16 or 17 year old or whatever in the first movie. And he dumped her within a year tried to kill himself got in almost got her killed like eight times and it's just like i mean i get it it's all by design it's all supposed to be like super like super cheesy and like it, it like I, I know i get it i understand but in the context of that it's like why like why does she want this so badly like i i still don't necessarily get that i guess yeah she could easily just like move to florida and literally just make new friends and hang out with her mom because that seems like what she wants to do deep down and then edward like literally even her mom was like wow he's kind of intense right like literally it's kind of weird how intense he is like and bella literally questions like oh isn't that a good thing like no it's not (laughs) and even your mom can see that like you haven't seen her in person and I don't even know how long and you're never going to see her again like because of him yeah 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 I mean it I guess that is the thing because it's like he's really intense he's like it's like he would die for you it's it's like isn't that a good thing and it's like well like yeah it's a good I I guess it's good to trust somebody but like you're also 17 if they're constantly like I will die for you that's yeah it's not like if someone is loves you so much that they would die for you that's a good thing but to constantly put someone in the face of death is another thing yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. those are the Putting two in life or death situations <laughs> to specifically yeah. for the reason be like i yeah. would die for you is not exactly. a good thing yeah 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 and yeah. it's just funny to me like this movie but like i'm not mad about it either like i think from a storytelling point of view it's like yeah it's stupid it makes no sense and like any kind of practical real world measurement of like trying to justify edward and bell's relationship a therapist would have a field day trying to diagnose them there's Um, literally no justification for anything that happens in any of these movies yes actually there's a um i sent kira a screenshot of my youtube feed the other day after we did the new moon episode but I, on my YouTube feed, it came up like a therapist reacts to New Moon. And it was like, I watched the video and it was extremely funny just seeing like this therapist. Like he paused like every five minutes and talked about like codependency. And like, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was really, and I actually subscribed to his channel because he was super funny um, and also insightful, weirdly enough. But um, uh, yeah, like just seeing his perspective on it was like really amusing. And same thing with this one. Like I would like to see him react to this movie because it this one's even more toxic like it's just it's bad decision after bad decision and then it ends on the note of like let's just make bad decisions you know together like forever it's forever like oh. <laughs> and it's so like i don't know it's like i kind but of it's not even like making bad decisions it's like making one massive bad decision and then like living with that one decision for the rest of your life yeah. and like literally like it's like 
like I don't even know how to describe it it's like isolating her from the rest of the world and she'll never be able to talk to anybody that she knows ever again like you know those like um millennial Spongebob memes where it's like getting older means that you just identify with Squidward more than Spongebob yeah but like that but like getting older just means you identify with Rosalie in these movies more yeah Rosalie and Charlie yeah, you're just kind of like, yeah, like, like, because, like, I would also vote, like, no, like, if you didn't, if you weren't, like, fully dying, yeah, and, like, you had any other choice, why would you become a vampire, like, consciously? And Literally, I, I don't even think I would want to become a vampire, not to, like, get deep, I don't even think I would want to become a vampire if I was dying. No, I don't think I would, unless, but, like... like <laughs> Like, I have no clue. Like, I'm not going to try to, like, justify the circumstance. But, yeah, like, I don't want to, like, go in deep like... with circumstances, but it's, like, but... I understand, like, why, like, Rosalie would be, like, pissed off at, like, Carlisle and, like, in general. Because it's, like, yeah, she didn't have a choice and you can't really make a choice like that in the yeah. face of death. It's, like, somebody else like curses you to literally just like live forever and like yeah. isolate you from the rest of the world like it's weird yeah i don't know it it, it I, yeah i don't know like it's like the, the last two movies we were definitely like laughing about it we're like oh that's toxic uh but it's fun right and i guess it's still fun to an extent here like i'm still having a decent time but i, I guess the toxicity of it all was never more apparent to me so far until now like mm-hmm. and I don't know. I guess maybe maybe it's the loss of good direction that made it so evident, or maybe it's like the fact that the story just feels like it's fully halting here, and it doesn't feel like it's. Um, also, I wanted to mention like uh, I'm brought up like how after this one is when I started to check out as a kid because I think when Breaking Dawn and Part One came out, I was like 14 at the time, mm-hmm. and I was still, like getting older and obtaining something of a taste that I don't even think I fully have as a 23 year old but like yeah um you know at, at that age I was kind of like catching on I'm like wait these movies aren't great and <laughs> now I if it's funny like I last week I was saying like oh I regressed back into thinking Twilight and New Moon are good movies and I still stand yeah. by the statements that I made but now that I rewatched Eclipse and I'm going into Breaking Dawn part one with like the skepticism I'm like oh I I guess I did I understand like yeah like the like, height of the first two were great, but now you're kind of in that sophomore slump kind of area. Yeah, and it's like we not only developed taste, but we also developed a moral compass. <laughs> so like life experience, it like definitely like yeah. paints your experience of watching these differently. Which no, I yeah. hate to be like that because I feel like any movie like that we watch on the pod is like going to be like problematic in some way yeah but this is like another level i feel like no it it is another level and i mean i don't know i i remember breaking dawn part one like the least so that'll be definitely an interesting like watch next Mm -hmm. week whenever we uh whenever i watch it but Mm -hmm. um as of eclipse like I don't know like there were parts of this I was really excited to see again because I remember having a good time with it as a kid and I like when they actually happened I it didn't hit the way I thought it would like I remember the ending of this movie being like really cool to me as a 13 year old right yeah like um like all the vampire wolf action I was like oh yeah that was sick and then I'm rewatching. I'm like this is like five minutes tops and 
the direction is like pretty standard and there's like yeah. really suspense like the reason why the ending of new moon and twilight hit or because like the character work up to that point mm-hmm. oh not perfect or without fault it's enough to get you engaged into the angst and drama of it all but by the end of this like it's not even hinging on any um particular character motivation or drama it's like about the stupid treaty and like um yeah. like the, the most i felt at the end is when like Edward confronts Victoria and is like, um, you just want me because I, you want her because I killed James. And like, like, I kind of felt that at that moment, but like, it, it was really, it, it has nothing up to like the Volturi scene in New Moon or like uh, the entire climax of the first movie. Like it has nothing on that. So I don't know. I like, I found this rewatch to be a bit like underwhelming, I guess. Yeah. I kind of, like, skimmed it. Like, I watched it on high speed and also skimmed it. um, Because I kind of watched it semi-recently because, like I said, I was on I Was Scared 2 to talk about it, like, two months ago or something. Um, But, yeah, it, it, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) It's fine. I I don't know. Like, it's not bad. It's not, like, I don't think it's, like, terrible. It's not... I, and I'm I'm really kind of scared to rewatch Breaking Down Part One because I'm, from what I remember, that was my easily my least favorite one of the franchise when I mm-hmm. saw it. Like I like I remember walking out of the theater and I was kind of like I remember I went into it with like the expectations of like yeah I'm getting older and I don't really like Twilight anymore but it's still fun to go see them. Yeah. And then I remember like walking out with my friends and I was just kind of like yeah I don't like Twilight <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the pod is just it's it's going in that direction now. We're just gonna really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks guys. Hey friends, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this podcast. It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, Zillennial Canon Award winner, I'll add that, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies By Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, because we love you and appreciate you, Listeners can save 10% on their next order with code SUPERZILLENNIAL in all caps with no spaces at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Thank you so much, Superyaki, for sponsoring this episode. Let's watch more movies, guys. Also, I want to say, I brought up Victoria. I feel yeah, like we okay. missed not bringing up the elephant in the room with that. Yeah, that uh, uh, she has weird. miraculously turned into Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> and okay, so here's the thing. 
daughter I, of Ron Howard. <laughs> yes, director of Han Solo, A Star Wars Story. Um, yeah, the original director. The entire time, he was always the director of Solo. Yeah. Um, uh, where to begin with this? Because, like, I, I guess I would get it if you gave Victoria something of, like, an arc or anything. <laughs> like, throw her a bone in this movie. Like, I guess I would get the recasting. But I'm sorry, like, arguably, she does less in this movie than she does in the first Twilight. Yeah. Like, it, Bryce Dallas Howard makes zero impressions in this movie. It's just, like, it, which I guess is why they thought they could just, like, recast her and be like, oh, nobody's paying attention. Like, let's just recast her. It's, like, her whole motive is just she killed James, I'm gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. Or, like, he killed James, so I'm gonna kill, like, her lover or whatever. Yeah, but it's so stupid. Like, it's like, it, who cares? <laughs> literally, who cares? Two movies later, like, literally. Like, yeah, no, I mean, maybe, maybe it would have hit harder in New Moon if that happened. I mean, I get, like, this isn't exactly the movie's fault or falling in books, but, mm-hmm. like, um, Eclipse, like, it's two movies later at that point like you had all the drum of new moon and you've introduced the Volturi and so you go into Eclipse and you're expected to go back to caring about Victoria like I don't really get that like I don't like it it doesn't work like narratively dramatically like I like I said there's a brief scene where like Edward confronts Victoria at the end that feels like their little fight at the end is like Mm -hmm. mildly amusing I guess but like yeah like that's the best I could give it. It's not She's really just like a non-villain. Yeah, it feels like, like again filler. Uh, yeah, it feels filler until the Volturi with Breaking Dawn. Like it, like it really feels like uh, not to make it about Marvel, but like it feels like those in-between villains building up to Thanos. Like it, because mm-hmm. like when you get to Thanos, it's like oh okay cool, but then you get like so many villains in between that you're just kind of like okay like whatever, yeah. and. I don't know. Like, that's kind of how I feel about Victoria, which sucks because, like, I remember at the end of the first movie, that cut to credits with her is killer. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like the structure of this franchise is kind of out of whack because I feel like the fundamentals, like, the foundation here is solid. Like, you have a lot of good stuff to play in in the sandbox, but the structure of it and the uh, the weird writing and dramatic stuff and the justification of a few things <laughs> like it's like these little elements really build up over time and then by the time you get to the third film it just kind of demolishes and it's i mean not completely obviously because we're still talking about it but it um it's really the little things that kind of broke the franchise i think which is what i'm now realizing yeah it's um i can't wait for them to like weren't they supposed to like make like a twilight tv show or some shit I don't know because like I feel like things just like happen and it's like not like I think you know what happened um because around the time yeah the same year that Breaking Dawn Part Two came out in the year of 2012 which is our last millennial year I think we've made canonically clear yeah um that's the same year that the Hunger Games came out and mm-hmm. that's the year and both were from Lionsgate and I think they were really counting on Twilight to be, like, their flagship, like, franchise. 
and I don't think they were fully expecting Hunger Games to hit as hard as it did in 2012. So once mm-hmm. they were able to set their sights on that, and they were like, oh, we can do this for the next like four to five years. And um, also Lionsgate became more like inclined with um, awards contenders and like stuff like that. Because if you remember, Lionsgate started as a production company that primarily produced franchises such as Saw and Medea. Like those were their two headliners. So once they started producing actual franchises and like, uh, and not to say like Medea or Sorrow are like actual franchises, but like not to the extent of Twilight or, you know, uh, Hunger Games. Um, And once they become like actual awards players with actual like Hollywood producers in the mix, I think they just kind of gave up on Twilight. I think it was like, yeah, it made us money. It got us to where we are today. all, but also like some entertainment like i know there's like a weird division between that and like lionsgate if i'm not mistaken no like, but i thought that i was gonna go to like a streaming service or something or maybe i just well, like made that up in my head no like there were discussions of spinoffs tv yeah. shows but again i think it's really like that lionsgate summit division that became yeah. like a weird thing and like i i really think it's just one of those things where like the producers were talking a lot and they had I think probably genuine plans, but they just went on to do other things and it just never happened. Yeah, I can't wait for like eventually in our lifetime for them to like reboot Twilight. I really can. It seems Cause maybe they'll like, make it like good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, because like you you probably can't bring back uh, the original stars, right? Like you can you can't do that, right? <laughs> no. no. Okay. Yeah, because like I mean, I know that goes against like they're like, so beyond like who they were when Twilight came out, yeah. and like Robert Pattinson actively hating it from the first movie, just like not wanting to be in it anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, you can tell. Like in the first movie, he's like doing something of a performance, but from like New Moon forward, it's like he's not acting. It's like he's mm-hmm. he's on set reading paper like it's not like he's not performing at that point and i mean i get it it's like um i I know we talk about like remember me a lot like that or i bring it up quite often uh, Mm because every time i bring up rob i think like hey that's like a zillennial movie that i actually quite enjoyed and i think he's actually pretty damn good in that movie and i think it's like a weird thing because like that was kind of his um in between showcase of like hey i can act actually like i'm not just the twilight guy mm-hmm. um and i swear to god like ever since that movie like i know everyone points to, like good time or like uh the rover cosmo uh, polis like where he uh like really became an actor but i swear like ever since like remember me like that's the time where i was like no he's like an amazing performer and I'm really glad he broke out of that shell of like being known for Twilight. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Kristen Stewart. Like, I mean, she has always been talented. Like from Panic Room, she's been amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was getting nervous for her back in like 2012, like when she was she went from like Twilight to Snow White, and like mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, I hope she doesn't go to like franchise hell. But no, um, literally, you know, she's she's very clearly established. Like, have you ever seen that movie, Clouds of Stills Maria? that she was in no but i saw um personal shopper i loved a lot oh fucking awesome so good yeah she is phenomenal in that movie um no she's 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 fantastic um i i don't i mean i would 
I don't want to make them compete for like who's better. I I would say like he's has the edge for me as far as like acting goes because he's just mm-hmm. I, I feel, like, I feel he's, like he's, he's more just, like in your face. I feel like and then Chris and sort of randomly did Charlie's Angels, a movie that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. I think um well he's just I think he's primed to win an Oscar one day personally. Like he's just. Uh insanely talented in everything that he does and um i I can't wait for the batman because i know he's gonna fucking kill that um but like even movies like like i'm looking at her imdb right now like adventureland which is like or even happiest season recently like she's proven that oh yeah that that was fun that was a a good movie. movie yeah you know she's she's very talented and i don't know like i guess it's just it's weird because you're like watching these movies and it's just you can see them getting tired of it like in real time you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so i don't want to really save this for the last one because i like this is like the time like the timeline of when it happened was when the last one was released and i just know that i'm gonna forget about it excuse me i just know that i'm gonna forget about it um Mm -hmm. if i don't talk about it right now but we need to talk about Trump's tweets about Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart while we're on the topic. <laughs> For the man uh, himself. <laughs> so this was like all in like the two weeks leading up to Breaking Dawn Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, he tweeted, the first one he tweeted, which like I, we all know like about what happened. Like they like dated, Kristen Stewart apparently cheated on him whatever um so trump tweeted and this is like the only time ever that we're gonna like talk about trump on the podcast i feel like like i feel like we like (laughs) yeah um so he said everyone knows i am right that robert pattinson should dump Kristen stewart in a couple of years he will thank me be smart robert (laughs) the next one one is the next day literally the next day and he said everyone is asking me to speak more on robert and Kristen. i don't have time except to say robert drop her she cheated on you and will again (laughs) that's based donald question mark two weeks later (laughs) He said, Robert Pattinson is putting on a good face for the release of Twilight. He took my advice on Kristen's store. Dot, dot, dot. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Four days after that, he said, after Friday's Twilight release, I hope Robert Pattinson will not be seen in public with Kristen. She will cheat on him again. I feel like he's like gonna like do you you think he watched Twilight when it came out? Absolutely not. No, I don't think he did. He, because he very much radiated the energy of like he never watched anything but he was always like tapped into like celebrities and culture and stuff. Oh wait, there were a few more. I didn't see all of them. Uh, So a week before the first one that I read he said Robert Pattinson should not take back Kristen Stewart. She cheated on him like a dog and will do it again. Just watch. He can do much better. Uh, and then a day after that was uh, 
lots of response to my Pattinson Kristen Stewart reunion. She will cheat again. A hundred certain. Am I ever wrong? <laughs> and then after that, the day, the next day after that, so many tweets and stories on Stewart slash Pattinson. Look, it doesn't matter. The relationship will never be the same. It is permanently broken. <laughs> and then like uh the same day as him saying that Robert Pattinson was putting on a good place, a, a good face, he said, everybody wants me to talk about Robert Pattinson and not Brian Williams. I guess people just don't care about Brian. And he said, Miss Universe 2012 pageant will be airing live on NBC and Telemundo December 19th. Open invite stands for Robert Pattinson. <laughs> This was all within like two weeks, like the two weeks leading up to um to Breaking Dawn Part Two coming out. Like it's, it, I think that might be the most unhinged thing he's done, and that's saying a lot, obviously. Um, I <laughs> I don't know if it's the most unhinged thing he's ever done, but uh, it's that it's extremely funny. Um, I think it's the only funny thing he's done. I, and I will say that. Un, I, I, there's only one other thing funny that he. No, there's a few funny things he did, but uh, that of which of uh, she just died. Wow, you're telling me now for the first time. Uh, do you not know that? No. When RVG died, and he was like at a rally, and then like, like they were cornered him at the at the plane. He's like, "What's that? She just died? Wow." You're telling me the first time now. I've, I've never heard of that. <sighs> what a woman. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Uh, no, we're not condoning Trump. No, honestly. we're not. We're not. I just really wanted to bring up those tweets because I never uh, want to forget them and I never no. want anybody else to forget them either. Though that's literally what he was tweeting about nine years ago. <laughs> yeah. For two weeks straight, <laughs> anticipating the release of Breaking Dawn Part Two. So, um, yeah, and I, I do want to read uh, Joe Biden's tweets about the situation as well. Like he, uh, yeah, Joe Biden was silent on the issue at hand. He, was, um, he said, um, hold on, let me pull it up. Yeah, Joe Biden said, uh, let me be clear, Jack, she's gonna tweet, she's gonna cheat again. That's it. That's that's the whole bit. <laughs> oh uh, God. Yeah, I uh, I mean, with that entire... Because th- that was definitely a big part of it. Like, the culture of Twilight at the time was, like, the very real relationships that were in between. And, like, that was yeah. free publicity for the movies. But, like... Um, That's like we- High School Musical, t- like, Zanessa yes. and everything. Like, that just brings so much more publicity when, like, the two stars are dating. And I feel like we're also seeing that now with... Um, well yeah Zendaya and Tom Holland like rest in peace to Nicki Minaj like he broke her fucking heart by the way literally the funniest memes like literally the funniest memes I saw like a full like uh photoshopped like it looked like a TMZ like like press release like and it was like it was like Nicki moving the stuff out of their house like and it looked so real like I'm all like wearing glasses and like holding like boxes yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, coming out of a house and like a picture of Nicki Minaj like standing with her arms crossed no yeah but like I feel like the biggest one of recent is um Olivia Rodrigo yeah um 
and Josh whatever and Sabrina Carpenter like I think that's like one of the biggest like even though like we're not like young and like tuned into that it's like that was one of like the biggest things this year I feel like so I didn't know about that until like the day that um because I feel like such an old man saying this but like I I didn't know about any of that shit until the day that good for you dropped which feels crazy to say because yeah. it feels like a big deal, I guess. But because um, I remember the day Good for You dropped, I was hanging out with my little sister and uh-huh. we went bowling, I think. And on the drive back, I was just like, so I was like, explain to me this like Olivia Rodrigo drama. And she gave me the tea. <laughs> and I was like, and I like, I remember like I was in traffic. And I'm like, wow, really? Like, that's, I was like, that's crazy though. Like, I'm like, and she, he cheated while they were together. Like, I was like, I was fully engaged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she started playing it on the Bluetooth. And I was like, listening to Driver's License through a new perspective now. And I'm like, that son of a bitch. Like, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's crazy because literally like, I don't like I just have like such a vivid memory of me like just like sitting on the toilet at like 1 a.m. Like, yeah. um, like, I, like, was uh, procrastinating, like, taking a shower or something. I was like, who is trending right now? What is this? What is this song? Why is everybody talking about this song? And it was, like, the night that Driver's License dropped. And I just, like, went down a full rabbit hole, like, reading every single thing. And I was, like, so engaged with it for a week. And Sabrina Carpenter came out with a song, like directly referencing like driver's license like against olivia rodrigo and i was like so invested in it mm-hmm. and like i i feel like part of me like gets a little bit uncomfortable with like when people try and like speculate like what songs are about or when people are like this movie is actually about this part of their personal life like if the if the um artist like doesn't say something specifically referring to that mm-hmm. um but this this tea was just too it was too uh too hot um yeah it was pretty it was pretty steaming i think yeah um yeah i mean i don't know like with all this it's like i, I feel like we talk about it quite often on the pod but like it's hard to um it's, it's hard to articulate like because of course we never went through it but like what stardom does to a person at such a young age and like mm-hmm. I mean not, not to ever justify cheating but like also we have to realize we've never been under the public scrutiny like the way that these people were and yeah especially from like Trump <laughs> yeah yeah once Trump gets involved all that they're off it's really like I <laughs> but could you imagine being like 20 years old and like trump is just talking about your relationship for like two weeks up until like like the two weeks leading up to like the final film and like the biggest franchise of your career tom holland's a dog he cheated on queen nikki oh my god please (laughs) like photoshop please photoshop those tweens (laughs) and make it say that she was right for leaving, for sending you pack and buster. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, um, I feel like if it was, uh, I feel like if it was Joe, if it was Joe Biden, he would take Nicki Minaj's side in the situation. I feel like, like Trump would take Tom Holland's side, but Nicki Minaj, Joe Biden has her back. 
why? Because Tom Holland's a guy. Like, do you think because like a woman cheats and Trump doesn't like it, and then like, but a dude cheats and Trump's like, well, he yeah, meant- Trump is like, okay. yeah, it's it's uh, it's I see what you're yeah, gotcha, right? Um, no, that 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 checks out. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I I know I like I get what you're saying, and another thing too is like in her like famous SNL. Um, I don't even remember why she hosted SNL. I think because of Charlie's Angels, and like. Yeah, and, like, her SNL monologue, she was, like, specifically talking about, like, those tweets. And then she she was, like, laughing about them. And she's, like, it's funny because I'm literally gay. And that was, like, her first time, like, talking about it. <laughs> like, I think that was, like, her first time, like, publicly, like, coming out. Like, people, like, knew about it. But, like, that was, like, her first time, like, publicly coming out. But, yeah, it's it's funny that she, like, addressed them, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I vaguely remember that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I she's had such an interesting like not only career like professional wise, but like also through the public eye. It's been mm-hmm. kind of wild to like watch her grow as a person, artist, what have yeah. you. Yeah, and like and it, it really like, it really just like makes you think like and not like bring up Marvel again, but like when people are like stuck in contracts for years to like stay in one specific image and one specific character it's like they could be doing so many other things and be expressing themselves in so many different ways you know yeah i mean i don't know like with marvel it doesn't bug me as much because like you can bump out like filming for a marvel movie like within four to five like weeks and you're fully capable of like I don't know, jumping on and doing like some indie movie. Like I that, like I don't think that's even like a big thing. It's just but it's when you get to the level of like public eye and you uh and I can't like talk too much about it because like I, I feel like you do know what you're getting into to a certain extent. Not with Twilight, because I feel like they were kids and they didn't really know that mm-hmm. but at this point, like if you're jumping into like a Marvel thing, it's like you know what you're getting into at this point. No, like, yeah, absolutely. And I don't fault them for that because like literally Sean and I were sitting watching Black Widow today and like halfway through I like turned to him and I'm like, Wow, she's gonna get like an even nicer kitchen, like Florence yeah. Pugh to make marmalade in, or she's gonna get like a new attachment to her, her kitchen aid to make even better marmalade. Yeah. Like and then like uh I guess like spoilers, but like towards the end we were like, Well, there goes like the next 10 years of Florence Pugh and in indie movies like goodbye queen I mean I don't even know about that like I don't think I don't even think that's the case because like other actors have been able to pull it off it's just I feel like some actors choose not to because they get so comfortable with it like yeah um because like Robert Downey Jr. had plenty of time to make like movies in between but then what did he choose he chose the judge that's the only movie he did between his marvel movies so like he was literally offered the role of docs docs portello and inherent vice and he turned it down like wow, he I'm had so glad that he turned it down literally i'm sure he would have been like good but i can't um... imagine a world where like it was him <laughs> well like he's a great performer it's just like he has been I, I feel like it's that weird thing where like actors sort of become the character that they played. Like, yeah. Um, like, I feel like it's the Harrison Fordism where like they expect him to be like Han Solo, but he's actually like an activist for like climate change in real life. And it's, he doesn't give a shit about Star Wars, you know? Like, yeah. it's, and yeah, I mean, same thing with like, I feel that's where RDJ is going now. Cause like, if you look at his Facebook page, he's like completely like an activist for like 
pollution or like against pollution and like stuff like that and then he's advocating for pollution pollution. yeah canceled yeah um but what i'm saying is if any actor gets into marvel and they stop making indie movies i think it's just because they get lazy and comfortable and that's fine like get your money but Mm -hmm. uh like i wish that were me honestly yeah i i could use a good marvel paycheck Honestly, if I got like one Marvel, like if I could just like be in like Captain Marvel Seven, the Return of the Marvel people, um, I would, I would just I would be set for life. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, damn. Well, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Eclipse? Because I, I sure as fuck don't. Um, uh, <laughs> well, one of my last notes is just like I cannot stress enough that they are in high school, and that's just how I feel about like this whole series. Um. Can you remind me how this fucking movie ends again? Because I forgot. Um, them sitting in a meadow because, like, all they fucking do is sit around in a meadow. They really yeah. do be sitting in fields. God. Um, and making literary references. This time it's uh, world will end in fire. Some say ice. All they do is make literary references to like the most English one hundred and one like content. So yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so they're sitting and then they're like, yeah, like we are going to get married, like blah, 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 blah. He gives her the ring or whatever. I don't know. Um, and then like, he's like, she like has this whole like monologue about like, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because this is the only time I've ever felt like myself is when I'm with vampires and blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she's like but we gotta do something so dangerous first and he's like what and she's like we gotta tell charlie and then it ends which i think is a funny way to end the movie but tonally it like does not go with the rest of the movie like i wish that the whole movie had that like kind of playful tone that it does in some moments like any interaction with charlie like has like a very funny tone or like the like weird like glares between like Edward and Jacob like that they like clearly hate each other is like funny sometimes like I really wish that the movies like throughout stuck with like that kind of well I think that's why I liked New Moon so much last week was because I feel like that movie has a pretty consistently playful tone or even like when it's going for drama like it knows that it's corny right but this movie like you can feel because like the director is David Slade who did movies like 30 Days of Night and uh uh, he did some other horror movies too. So like he gives like something of like an interesting perspective from like the horror slash action angle, but it's yeah. not it it doesn't really mesh well with the um the twilightisms of it all, like what what I feel like the the core fan base is really clamoring for. Mm-hmm. And uh, that comes I mean it's very evident. Like it's very evident like when it from the moment it kind of starts and um, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's. I don't even think it's gonna be the worst one by the time we're done with this entire thing. But um, it, it's definitely the start of a downhill trajectory, I believe. Like it, it's definitely. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's the case. But I, I, I still had fun in, in spades, and I'm, um, <laughs> I'm excited for next week, I guess, because um, I, I really don't know what to expect with Breaking Dawn Part One. Like I have no clue what to expect. So. Um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken next week starting uh, we'll have them on Netflix I believe oh sweet I've been paying $3.99 for each one alright yeah I, <laughs> yeah I've been pirating them like a little scoundrel I am. Like um, a I, 
I've I'll never rent anything for this podcast, and you can quote me on that. Um, so, I because I, I want to see what milfs in my area want to meet me on one two three movie <laughs> Walker. Um, so like uh, Esme, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> All right, said it. I think so. I mean short episode but you know there's not much to say about this one it's I, like I don't know <laughs> there's yeah. not much else to say <laughs> fill in uh, the blanks why don't you guys watch it yourself and fill in the blanks what what would you want us to say why don't you just say it yourself <laughs> that's not like a confrontation but you know yeah yeah um yeah uh well, I don't know. Anything you want to plug here? Like, yeah. Or... You can follow me on Twitter at Garlic Emoji. You can follow us on Twitter at Zillennial Canon and on Instagram at the Zillennial Canon. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. Uh, my other podcast, Aggressively Okay Podcast, where we are. Uh, well, right after recording, it's just a little inside info. Tonight, I have recorded two podcasts so far, and I'm going for my third uh, right after this. So uh, if you could tell that I'm tired, you're right. Um, and Adam's just extremely popular. I'm extremely busy for no fucking reason this week. Uh, yeah, I love like having happened? myself like tasks to do and then getting stressed out over it. Like, fuck, I got to watch Eclipse today. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like giving watch... myself work. Yeah, I'll probably have to watch Breaking Dawn Part One this week, like I did yeah. Eclipse last week. Yeah, I gotta pencil that into my schedule. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be like at Legoland, like the day that we record next week. So I have to, like, <laughs> is there a Legoland in New York? I had no they idea. They just op- yeah, they just opened one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also, I guess since we're on the topic of like the pods I recorded today. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I was on Wabam tonight, and I believe Ernie's uploading it sometime this week. So if you want my, like, full two-hour unfiltered thoughts on Fast and Furious 9, uh, where we also did a whole franchise ranking, uh, Ernie's a madman who gave out... He came up with awards for the... He called it the Fasties, and we gave out four <laughs> awards. Uh, it was super fun. We popped Corona's live on pod. It was a blast. Uh, blast off into space, am I right? boys um so like yeah check that out ernie ernie hunter drew they're the best uh so that'll be up soon listen to that always good guys uh and we love them here yeah uh all right all right well see (laughs) y'all next week for the fourth installment at the wedding the fourth installment of july light make sure you get your uh black tie attire already for this wedding and uh we'll see you next week for breaking dawn part one bye guys